Yes, it's my story, but it is really a story of hope and infinite possibilities. But you have to have that dream, that goal, that desire, but you have to start. You have to start because if you don't start, but you can start small. You don't have to jump off and build a thousand pieces of each product. Right. Someone said to me yesterday, you know, it's so much easier to start a business. You can do it just as we're doing here. You don't need any money. You know, you don't have to build a coffer of start, you know, getting seed capital. Right. Back in the day, you can do a, a multi-level marketing thing. Just you have to start. But the principles are the same. And that's why the course is so important to me, Emmy, because I really know that I can help people. Like you said earlier, ripple effect. I know that these, not only these anecdotal stories and this book, but also the tools of the 5C. Welcome to the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I'm serial entrepreneur and investor, Emmy Kirshner. And I'm known for sprinkling just a little bit of glitter throughout the streets of Philadelphia and on the stages that I speak while I help creative entrepreneurs stop struggling as the overworked admin in their business and become the CEO of their multi-six and seven-figure businesses. What has fascinated me over the years are the stories of success and failure that courageous entrepreneurs who have put it all on the line face as they change lives, disrupt industries, and become incredible leaders themselves. So if you're looking for a community of engaged entrepreneurs, and you'd love to get some resources and tools that can help you fast track your business, I invite you to join the Tribe of Leaders Facebook group. The link is in the show notes if you want to connect with us. And of course, the group is free to join. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I am your host, Emmy Kirshner, and we're doing this two-part episode because Megan has such an incredible story, and we just couldn't get it all in half an hour or even 45 minutes, and I want to be able to have her share exactly you know, her story and her journey, because it's so valuable to where you are at right now. So with that, welcome back, Megan. I'm so super excited to have you. And, you know, right before we started to record, we were talking about really growing your business, getting started, you know, scaling it, and then sustaining. And you've started multiple businesses, you've written a book, you've got courses that are coming. How have you done it all and sustained it? Well, thank you for having me back. And I am so really pleased to have this opportunity to be back with your guests, because as you've just said, there's a lot there. So, yeah, uh, you know, it takes more than like you also just shared about 30, 45 minutes. But to answer your question, you know, last podcast, we spoke a lot about my younger years and mm -hmm. starting. So I'm going right. to today go into what you just asked and because your guests can go back to the previous and listen if they have not. But basically, ladies and gentlemen, the most important thing is to have, you know, everything begins with it, an idea. Right. And if you don't have that idea, and then from that idea, then that burning desire, you may not, you should not even bother. Because if you don't have that genesis of that, that seed, that kernel, things are going to evolve and change. They absolutely are. But you have to, as Napoleon Hill said, 
burn the boats. Uh, he's the first one that I ever read, you know, people say it yeah. differently, but it's that definitiveness of purpose. It's that burning desire. It's that clarity. Mm-hmm. To me, that's the first C. Right. And so right. with that, I knew as a younger person in my life, not my college slash career, but as a person mm-hmm. that I was so- going to do something that was creative, whatever that was, I didn't really know. But then from there, it, I mean, I could never, I may have been an accountant, but, uh, and they wouldn't have wanted me anyway, but I, you know, I knew it could not be a linear type of career. It needed to have that fluidity. Mm-hmm. And so with time, it evolved into the beauty industry in national sales and marketing and sales to me. And if you read any, you know, sales type of, of work Sales is not pushing somebody to do something. It's not. Right. People buy things from people they know, like, and trust. Mm-hmm. And so as a younger gal, I did do some sales work, whether it's space advertising sales, or I shared about my Tupperware story. I learned in that a season that it wasn't selling plastic bowls. It was building teams. So mm-hmm. each thing leads to the next thing. So if you take it, if you take a linear plane here, it started with being understanding that I was a creative and it would start from there. And then as time went on, because I needed to feed my family and eat, you know, sales did come in, but I also recognized that sales was what I just said. It was building relationships, but I could not quote unquote, sell something I didn't believe in. Absolutely. Very, very important piece. Yeah. I always say that sales is really being a problem solver. Mm-hmm. You know, people have something, whether they know that they have the problem or not, and you're there to help them fix it. And when you come at it from the space of serving them, yes. that's when you build really long-term incredible relationships with people who buy from you again and again. I'm going to, on some level, jump here and I'll then go back. But uh, Sharon Lecter, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad says, solve a problem, serve a need. Yeah. And it is all about serving, you know, uh, for years and years at uh, uh, conferences, spot conferences, I would keynote, but also teach uh, classes. And I would say to the room, if you do not have a serving heart, if you do not like people, you must leave. <laughs> not necessarily right now, this room, but this is not, th- I'm talking about aesthetics. I'm talking right. about touching people. And so solving a problem and serving a need. It's Mm -hmm. not just doing a -a rub-a-dub-dub facial. It's being a skin detective. And anyone that is watching who does go to someone aesthetically might have gone to multiple people until they got to that person Mm -hmm. who, like you were saying, is taking them as a person and understanding their need. So Basically, I knew I was a creative. I knew I was going to create something. Uh, Over time, I evolved into the wholesale beauty industry and national sales and marketing. Mm -hmm. So what did that uh, enable me to create? Not only products, but also the marketing thrust for that product to take it to market and then build relationships with the distributors and the salons, helping salons get into skincare. I was a pioneer in that, Emmy. Back in 1992, when I launched my first million dollar company, Glycolique, it was the one of, truly one of the first 
and I'm going to use this term result oriented skincare lines, because yeah. previous to that products just basically were emollients, you know, they just felt good, they smelled good, they evolved from the European model. And so this product line, glycolic, was based on glycolic acid from the alpha hydroxy fruit acid family. And it, it was chock full of antioxidants and uh, hyaluronic acid, very hydrating ingredient that's now today, you know, a tour de force in skincare. So the line was very much ahead of its time, but also not only did I introduce it to through the uh, salon arena, but back in 1992, there were no such thing as estheticians, meaning there was the European gal, but that was it. Which is so cool, like learning that, you know, when we recorded last time, mm -hmm. and not that I've spent a lot of time thinking, but estheticians have always been around. And that just was it. Right. And learning about how it evolved and learning about how a lot of what's happened with skincare and the beauty industry came from dentists. And you said, and well, it started with the nail industry with the yeah. nails because yeah. women then started, as we shared last week, the concept was called full service salon. You know, right. so you have your hair done, but you could also have these cool nails. But skincare still wasn't happening. It wasn't. Right. It wasn't. And so when I launched Glycolique in 92, I couldn't just take it to market. I had to educate the market of what this was. Yeah, this is what I love about your story is that, I mean, one, you were curious enough to be like, huh, how can I use this and do all this research? And then two, like, I'm going to be really bold and courageous and go make this stuff and bring it to market. And then three, you had something that people didn't even know that they needed. And I share the story with my clients or when I'm doing webinars that like Steve Jobs, when he was creating the iPhone, mm -hmm. got a ton of flack from people because they're like, oh, nobody's going to want it. There's no need for that. And, you know, he's quoted as saying, like, sometimes you have to tell people what they need. And this is the same exact thing you have to actually educate people and tell them why they, they need and want to have you know, this as part of their skincare regimen. But I will share that back to what you said about the nail industry, because I worked for that family paper company and I was given the opportunity to do R&D to taking it to market. So it was a fabulous opportunity for me to do that. And with that, I created that nail towel as I shared last right, week. Right, right. And so with that nail towel, I then was able to go into salons and observe, I guess, and see the holes. Mm -hmm. And with that full service salon concept, I could see that it was ripe for having skincare brought into it. Right. And so had I not had that experience, I'm not saying I would have marched in, but I saw the need of it because as I shared last week, the baby boomer was getting older mm -hmm. and saying, hey, I don't want to age the way my mother did, so to speak. Right. And so when I created the glycolique and saw the difference, not only my skin, but other people's skin very quickly, it was an aha moment. So it was all of those things coming together to enable that pioneering shift happening, you know? And so then from there, I'm talking about glycolique now, as I said, I was as much going in consulting with these salons, helping them. I had, you know, 
a partnering program. It was all through these distributors, but right. helping them scale. So start and then scale. Right. So the other thing about the word then sustain mm -hmm. is how did I sustain? Mm -hmm. And I'm going to make a shift now to my own spa business. I'm going, because I was in business for 15 years. Just to tie up Glycolique for our, our guests is that um, I sold Glycolique ran it contractually and for two years for the company that purchased it and then started Novitas Spa Clinicals. So mm -hmm. Novitas Spa Clinicals were la uh, launched in 97. My first website, when these web guys look at, oh my God, you've had a URL since 98. But that was when I did a uh, website for Novitas Spa Clinicals. And I also, during that season of late 90s, started consulting with derms or docs who wanted to get into the med spa thing. Wasn't called that yet, wasn't. Right. But what, what was happening is that Botox had been developed in the early to mid nineties. And so these doctors wanted to start adding that to their practices because, and people ask me, why did this happen? Bottom line, it's a bottom line thing. It wasn't covered by insurance. So it was a cash business. That's really the genesis of how that happened, so to speak. Uh -huh. And the reason that they asked me to come and help them was because I had this skincare line and there were very few lines out there. And so they knew they needed something to cleanse their patient's skin with, you know, things of that nature, but also to use in their practice. And so that's how that started. So I was able to not only help them, but use the same principles that I used with the salon. Mm -hmm. You can't just do Botox. You have to take care of the epidermis. You right. must take care of the skin. You can pull, prod, pull, you know, but you must take care of the epidermis. It's a living organ. So I have been educating that forever. So now fast forward to when I started the Novitas Spa on the Square, which evolved to the Novitas Spa Medical Rejuvenation Clinic. Mm -hmm. That just in that is giving you a little insight to sustaining. You always have to watch what the market is doing. Let's just call it a medical spa standpoint. What is in your scope of your license, what you can actually do. Right. Okay. Every state is different, Emmy. What I can do here in Texas, meaning mm -hmm. I'm a licensed esthetician, but I'm also a licensed medical esthetician. Right. Okay. But what I am doing here, other states, meaning I'm not a physician. I have right. a medical director and that's part of the law, so to speak, in Texas. Mm -hmm. But in other states, it, most, some states, you, a doctor has to own a business like this. So you have to really know what you can do in the law, so to speak. So anyhow, I knew when I started this business in 2004, really, I pioneered it by myself as an esthetician, but then I expanded it. Mm -hmm. So start small, go big. And, uh, but that's tricky because you have to know when to do that, but that'll be in the course. But when I then opened the first Novitas Spa on the Square, but it was just a luxury day spa, I know it was a clinical spa, but not medical, meaning we were not doing injectables. We were not doing laser work, okay. that type of thing. I knew we were going to add it, scale and sustain, but the economy got very squishy in seven and eight. 
Just a little bit. <laughs> a little squishy. So I said, hmm, I don't think this is the time to do this. Also, this market, I'm talking about the Georgetown, which is about 15 miles north of Austin. It's a bedroom community, but it still wasn't sophisticated enough to add that yet. I right. could see that. So right. it would have been foolish also. Squishy economy and also the market, the demographic, the market. Mm -hmm. So all of those things you have to watch. Right. So then after the squishiness got a little less squishy and it was getting stronger and people were moving to Georgetown, meaning that it really was becoming a bedroom community, it was time to then look into it and get, and so myself and two of my gals who've been with me forever, we got what is called in Texas, the LSO, Laser Safety Officer Training, so licensed. Right. So I bought our first laser that was a multi-platform piece, which was used. Good use pieces are great, but meaning did laser hair removal and IPLs. And so we started that. I got an, a medical director and through he, we had our first injector. So we were off and running. But I call this a hybrid, and that's the unique thing that I have done, and that's why this has been the best of Georgetown. This is why it won or was uh, nominated for Austin Women's Magazine, Austin Women Magazine's uh, Women's Way Award. It's the hybrid. Mm -hmm. It's the combination of the products and the fact of a luxury day spa, clinical and medical and wellness. Right. Tying it all together. And that's what was nominated for the product innovation. And when I received that nomination, I said, what it's under the category of product innovation. Uh, what is it? And she goes, it's the hybrid like that, you know, that meaning it's all, it's not just the skincare line. Right. So I hope that answered your question because you have to continue to watch the market, continue to see what is, what people are looking for what you're hearing, you have to be a detective. You have to listen to the marketplace, but you also have to take an account to, you can't just foolheartedly and foolishly step out and say, oh, it's time to do medical and push a square peg in a round hole because that will put you out of business. So it's, it's a, a combination of things, but you must keep growing. You must keep evolving is what I say because every time I brought in something, cool sculpting in 2015. I didn't just bring in a unit. I did a lot of pre-marketing with eBlast and, you know, Facebook, but I did our famous champagne open houses mm -hmm. and I brought a bed out with a screen and demonstrated it. People wanted to see. So it just built this relationship as we spoke about earlier, that when we brought things in, people just did it because they trusted us they knew that I would not do something that A, did not work and B, was not appropriate for them. Mm -hmm. There were contraindications and things like that. They knew I would not do that. And so it, it is about that trust and building relationships, regardless of what industry you're in and regardless of what you're building, regardless, right. regardless. Right. Yeah, I love that. And do you feel like, are there certain parameters that you use or guidelines when you're looking at like what's next, like the cool sculpting or the laser? Was it, you know, how do I solve? Solve a problem, serve problem? a need, right? Yeah. Solve a problem, serve a need. Yeah. Well, for many years, we were doing body treatments, so to speak, right? Mm -hmm. You know, body wraps and body, you know, um, inch loss wrap things, you know, just right, things right. that were more spotty. 
And, uh, but we were doing it because again, it was, it was under that auspices of a spa, but also the market wasn't ready for that. And furthermore, the science hadn't even come in to the United States yet. Uh-huh. But to answer your question, you don't do not build a business, you build a team and the mm-hmm. team builds the business. Right. So we would have weekly meetings and um, speaking to the team. What do you hear? What are people asking for? Because they're in the trenches now. I'm running the business, but they're in the trenches. So my job was to then take that information and go out, do the research. And using cool sculpting as an example, it was something that was very new. And and I have been in this industry a very long time. So I have colleagues all over the country and I would call people, people that I trust and respect and ask, you know, I would do, I do this even now. What do you hear? What are people looking at? And things like that. And I started hearing about cool sculpting. And so I called the company. Okay. And then from there, I didn't just run out and buy a unit. I called the company Zelti Corporation. It's been bought by Allergan, but it was a very well-run company, Zelti, a lot of training and a lot of support on every level. And so it was time to do body, meaning we had been doing face and we were, I was hearing this, you know, and so it was time, but the other, I would say unique thing to what I did continue to do is that even though Georgetown is a little bit out of the sphere, let's say, it isn't anymore, but back then it was, meaning from Austin. Uh, Now people love coming up north, but it wasn't the fact then. I built a reputation and that took networking, that took Mm -hmm. time, getting out and interfacing with influencers and getting to know influencers in the whole metroplex, so to speak. And that's a very important piece to all of this. That's, you know, very, very important to building a business and then sustaining is that networking and masterminding. But I would that not just be insulated and insular in Georgetown, you know, interfaced with people all over the area and, and do all sorts of marketing things with networking and the like to bring people up and they started coming and then they word of mouth. Mm-hmm. solve a problem, serve a need. So it's really building that relationship. Yeah, I think that's it's, huge. And particularly now, and even more so now with COVID, where we all mm-hmm. feel so disconnected. And I was saying this, even you know, last year before COVID too, like I felt like people were tired of social media. We wanted to be more face-to-face and now we haven't been able to do that. Mm-hmm. So having that no like and trust and having that relationship with somebody like you, is really important because you you do care about your clients and mm-hmm. and you're contributing something that's more than just a laser or cool sculpting or facial or whatever it's it's more than just the service it's really about helping and healing other people so now let's talk about that word healing because in now again this is a controversial a treatment but stem cell therapy mm-hmm. and here we are in texas And in 2018, I injured my knee Mm -hmm. and it was, you know, any arthritic situation, it doesn't just happen. You know, back in high school, I played sports and I injured my knee. Then of course, over the years, I played tennis and skied and all that movement. So get to osteoarthritis. And one day I'm at a conference, I'm not even doing anything. I'm standing and I moved to the right and I heard my knee pop, but I really, in the Western medicine Mm -hmm. genre, I should have had a knee replacement. But I didn't want to 
I just didn't want surgery. I didn't want the downtime, the pre-op, the post-op, all that. So I started studying and I had, of course, had heard about stem cell, regenerative stem cell. Now products had already started talking about stem cell, but it's plant-based. Right. And so I started uh, researching and then lo and behold, a friend of mine uh, shared that her very dear friends, she's in the oil and gas industry and she was at a conference and friends of hers had mentioned that they had had stem cell therapy. And she, this friend thought, oh, that might be a nifty thing to put in Novita because she knew my philosophy. Oh, Novita, new birth, new life, always something new. That's my promise. Mm-hmm. And you have no idea what you just, just said. I need this myself. So I called these people and I just decided, Emmy, to just do it because I trusted my friend and, right. and her uh, colleagues. So I drove up to uh, sight unseen. I drove up to Dallas and went really and had one CC in my left knee. And very quickly it regenerated because there is still cartilage there. It is that if you see, rent, you know, drawings or x-rays, right. that whiteness, that is. But back to no like, and trust. I didn't just foolhardily say, oh, I'm going to do stem cell therapy. I then researched it and found affiliate programs, researched all of them, and then decided upon this one company called R3 Stem Cell. Mm -hmm. And I have gone to school on Dr. David Green. I mean, I know a lot about regenerative stem cell therapy. So essentially, um, the consultant, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So we started doing this in 2000, I mean, I have a medical team doing it, but we've all been trained by R3 and we started doing the procedures in Novita January of 19. And wow. we've done over a hundred patients. Wow. Yes. That's so cool. I mean, there's so many things that I love as your story is unfolding here too, but it's the recurring research piece. Yes. You're not yes. acting rashly. You're not acting without thought and taking bold risk without knowing the facts. I know that is what makes the best entrepreneurs and some of the most successful ones is that it, it seems like if you're just looking top level that they've randomly you know, made very you know, high risk decisions. But when you look behind the scenes, they've done the research, they've thought it out, they know what they're doing and they know what's at stake to make really smart decisions. I just wanna say I've made yeah. some not smart decisions. And I agree a hundred percent what you just said. Right. But for instance, I'll use this one, the two pieces as an example. When I started Glycolique, I think I shared this last week, but I thought I was in great shape financially and I made a thousand pieces of each product Mm -hmm. and I went to the distributor trade show and they bought it all. It's like, oh my gosh. So that's why I say start small, go big, because I should have just taken one region, got that set, and then evolved on to another region, meaning this beauty industry is divided into five regions. The second example of this would be cool sculpting. They were about to be bought by Allergan. I didn't know this. Mm -hmm. And they were in a heavy sales mode. And we were doing very well with it. And they started selling units teaching and they called it uh, double sculpting meaning because you would do one area at a time so Mm -hmm. the person could have two machines on i should never have done that and that was just not a wise business decision right and if i had really been involved with a mastermind group at that time honestly 
uh, I would never have done that because it, I ended up selling the second machine. We didn't need it, you know? And so it just was foolish. I'm sharing that warts and all because I want people to understand that you will make mistakes. But the, I would say the number one thing that is critical to build a business, to begin, scale and sustain is to have coach, a coach mm-hmm. and, a, and a mastermind. It's, it's critical because you will talk through and understand, you know, the implications of different things. I'm pretty good at it because of experience, but things like that would have been avoided had Mm -hmm. I had some, you know, a colleague that I could talk that through. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, that's what I say too. You want somebody that's outside of yourself Mm -hmm. so that you can see your blind spots faster. That's right. So cool. I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about your book. Okay. Because uh, it came out, if I remember correctly, January this past year. We put it up on Amazon in end of December. Okay. End of December. I had a, I wouldn't call him a coach, but he knew how to do this. Put it up on Amazon and he shared that this would be a good period to do it because it's holiday, people are home. And then you do a push for seven days and just get it out there, you know, to all, anyone and everyone that you know. And, right. uh, and so during that push period, that is when it went to number one on Amazon. Okay. Okay. I knew it had gone to number one on Amazon. Yes, it did. So, it did. Yeah. So would you share the title of the book and a little bit about, you know, what it's about? Absolutely. Well, it's called Hope and Possibilities just over the horizon. It's never too early or too late to create the life of your dreams. And I mean that sincerely. The essence of the book is my story. It's a New York girl deep in the heart of Texas, starting back when I, you know, was a a child on Long Island outside of New York City, and a little bit about my family, but uh, parents, and it gives the, again, back to that fertilizer, you know, the DNA fertilizer of creativity, but also then it goes into getting married and getting married for all the wrong reasons. And in the late sixties, during a very similar time right now, very polarized world, it was very, you know, unsettling. And Mm -hmm. I didn't have the foundation that because the world was changing and shifting so quickly. And so I then had two children as I've shared and then divorced after 10 years of marriage and really was even in the marriage was a single parent. And um, so it, it is about single parenthood and it's about, uh, but that dr- goals, dreams and desires of entrepreneurial, you know, that dream of that and never losing that. And that's why over the horizon, because again, I've used the word evolve, uh, you know, several times, things don't just happen. And as you shared, you see someone and their success, but there's always a story behind it, always of how you get there. The essence though, about the book is that I always knew on some level, I would probably write a book. Mm -hmm. I mean, I do all my own copy work and and that type of thing. I did get married in 2006. Again, I thought, I I promised myself I never would do that. But um, (laughs) this person was very, very special. I can see God's hand in this because he was a little older, but he was, you know, just a force of positiveness. He was an engineer in the auto industry and he had retired, but he retired late. 
and he loved working. And so one of the things he loved was all my work. And so he was so supportive of me, meaning he was my champion. Like we'd, I'd take him to meetings, for instance, and he's at uh, our lab, you know, that manufactures the products. He knew more about chemistry than I, because in the auto industry, that was his field. But we'd get in the car and he'd go, good job, honey. You know, so he was always so supportive. Well, in 2009, he had a stroke at Christmas and um, it threw him into a disease called Lewy body syndrome. That would have happened, but it exacerbated it. And it was two years of a tsunami and a pandemic all in one. <clears throat> so I, by the grace of God, guys, I'm, I mean this, I uh, held on to that business, those businesses, because there are two separate businesses of the product line mm -hmm. and the spa. And when he passed away in the middle of the night and I just couldn't sleep. And as it, it was dawning, uh, he passed in our home. As it was dawning, the backyard was full of white butterflies. And I share this in the book that, I mean, I was exhausted and I said, am I hallucinating? What is going on? You know, right. and I just started to just meditate, pray. And I just felt in my spirit, share your story. Share my story. What, tonight? <laughs> this two and a half years. Now. I mean, my story, what does that mean? So that was 2011. So remember the timeline about the medical. Remember I said in 12, we had a medical cool sculpting in 15. So after Paul passed, then I got back in. I put my lab coat back on. I literally got back in the room again and rebuilt this business because it was two years of, whew. but I remembered in my back of my mind and heart that I should share my story, whatever that meant. So I was journaling. And then in 2017, I wrote an outline. And I have always said, though, when I have been teaching, you know, there's always hope and infinite possibilities. You just have to keep going. You have to take that first step, but this, and the second and third step will be revealed to you. But so I've always been sharing that. So that title was not, that was there. I started the course that will come out by Christmas. And I started the course at the end of last year. Mm -hmm. And I just said to myself, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I need to finish this story. So I put the course down and buckled down and finished Hope and Possibilities just over the horizon. And just over the horizon is my dad's line. You know, four children. Oh, cool. Remember the end paper guy, right? Yeah. He had no money. He was like, dad, we need shoes. Uh over the horizon, you know, he would always, <laughs> <laughs> and so, and then the never too early or too late is really predicated on like my staff in their twenties, training them, mentoring them and like, oh, I'm 27, 27, you know, type of thing. It's never too early or too late, you know? Yeah. And That's so funny. that really, I, I finished it. And then this very dear friend who has had experience in this, I asked him to help me and he did. And that's the essence right. of that. And we'll have the link for the book in the show notes, but they can, people can get it on Amazon, right? They can. As a matter of fact, I was talking to someone today and I mentioned that it was free on megandemartino.com. And she goes, I paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, during the lockdown, I felt it was important to share with people that they could, you know, read a story of hope because mm -hmm. it is, Yes, it's my story, but it is really a story of hope and infinite possibilities. But you have to have that dream, that goal, that desire, but you have to start. You have to start because if you don't start, but you can start small. 
you don't have to jump off and build a thousand pieces of each product. Right. Someone said to me yesterday, you know, it's so much easier to start a business. You can do it just as we're doing here. You don't need any money. You know, you don't have to build a coffer of start, you know, getting seed capital. Right. Back in the day, you can do a multi-level marketing thing. Just you have to start. Mm-hmm. And so, but the principles are the same. And that, uh, that's why the course is so important to me, Emmy, because I really know that I can help people. Like you said earlier, ripple effect. I know that these, not only these anecdotal stories and this book, but also the tools, the tools of the five C, clarity, courage, confidence, commitment, and then burn the boats, and then compassion. Right. Compassion is often compassion for yourself. Yes. Yes. And for every woman who is listening to this, I want you to really take that in because this, there's so many things that I see, but with my women entrepreneur clients, mm -hmm. they beat themselves up so much for just being off a little bit instead of being curious about how they can make a shift into something slightly different. And that will keep you stuck. Amen. Because that awful little is just, again, the opportunity to analyze and study that and, and be quiet and listen <laughs> and make that shift. It's, it's really all that is. The bottom line is don't beat yourself up. Be quiet, listen, but stay with that passion. Because mm -hmm. that next step and that next step and that next step, will you will be guided to it because you have to make those... I'm not even going to use the word mistake. Maybe a little, like you said, I love that. Just a little off, yeah. but it's going to lead you to that aha moment. Oh yes, that's what I'm, oh yes. And it will truly guide you to that. Yeah. And I think, I mean, maybe it's different for you. For me, my biggest mess ups have been my best learning experiences. 100%. Yeah. 100%. So I... I mean, I'm not necessarily reveling in it in the moment, but I do revel in the mess ups and the mistakes and the failures yes. because when I am kind of out of the middle of it and I can get into that place of, you know, really being able to reflect on, well, what could I have done better or Absolutely. where was the gap? What didn't I know? Then I'm like, oh my goodness, that's so exciting because all right, no, I'm not going to do that again. And it's, there's so much information and that totally rocks my world. Absolutely. I've, I read this quote, a smart person learns from their mistakes. A genius learns from other people's mistakes. Right? <laughs> and that's why I feel so strongly about sharing. Like I said earlier, I'm married for the wrong reason. How many of us have done that? And Maybe. so I am going to share the errors and the whys of those errors because mm -hmm. Yeah, there was a lot of great things. I have two lovely daughters and we've all grown up together. I mean, so there's many wonderful things that, but the point of the point is I made that decision based on the wrong information, you know, Yeah. for the wrong reason, I should say, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to circle back to the course really quickly. What's the name of the course? And it'll be live the end of this year. Yes, it'll be alive by uh, December. It could be the end of November, but it's certainly December to get ready for 2021. But it's a million dollar business building course of start, scale, and sustain. Awesome. And who is the course perfect for? 
You know, that's a great question. Been a lot of time on that in this, explaining it, it with a video about that. But to answer your question, it's not just someone for someone who is just starting something. So meaning it's a multi-generational and multi-platformed course. Like myself, let's just use me. I just I didn't plan on selling this brick and mortar, you know, guy knocked on my door. I wouldn't have sold the product line, but he wasn't interested in that. So here I am starting again. Right. Now I'm learning from other people. I'm learning and watching and learning, but I have a lot of business experience and a lot of experience and a lot of marketing experience, but I'm still listening to many, many people, you know, right. and learning and growing. So this can be for someone just beginning a business. This can be someone who is engineering their business. This can be for someone who is pivoting and changing like myself. And it is truly a tool to help you have many aha moments, but also tools of black and white in that. Great. Because cool. I'm also going to bring into it other people, other mm -hmm. colleagues of mine who I feel will lend and offer you know, for instance, my web developer. I mean, anyone, I use the word anyone, any graphic designer can do a website, but to do the SEO behind the scene, no. You need somebody who knows what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. That makes a huge difference. Huge difference. And people don't understand that. They don't. So I, I told you I had a URL my first, in, you know, 98. So I've gone to school on all of that. All of that type of information is so valuable for so many people. Mm -hmm. And so there'll be things, not only my five C's, but in those five C's, there'll be other people, you know, sharing other people that could lend assistance in that area. Right. right. It sounds amazing. And it sounds like for people who have a really big vision and are, are driven, this is going to be a really good match for them. Yes. And I hope to also, Emmy, it be a tool of masterminding you know, to get to know that person and help that person and, um, you know, and help them get out of their own way. Yes, start, but also be there to coach them along the way in business. I'm really excited about this. And can we get the link for the course when it's ready as well? Because I can post yes. that. Yes. Okay. Um, there's going to be an opt-in, uh, megandemartino.com forward slash five points official Megan DiMartino go to the website get that book there's a comment area just say hey let me know when the course is available and we'll get back to you okay. you know with your information so absolutely yes awesome. thank you thank you and I'm curious because we've spent you know a lot of time together and your story is so fascinating and I feel like we still could spend another three hours yes putting like everything together what's the one or maybe two like biggest learning experiences that you've had, whether it was a success or a challenge? I would say one of the greatest learning experiences came like we just spoke about through Paul's illness. Mm -hmm. It was a very, very difficult time. The economy still hadn't gotten strong or really strong. It was better than seven, eight, nine, you know, so this is 10, 11. And also because of the the disease that he had, um, you know, fabulous person turning into the Hulk and uh, just very, you know, so very exhausting, very draining, draining financially. I wasn't prepared for it, but I wasn't about to give up because every time that I have come to a place like that, 
every time I do, whether it's the legal pad and the pro and con or just right. meditating and praying, I always come to the same place. If I stopped, A, what would I do? And B, would that make my heart sing? And when the answer is no, 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 no matter how difficult the situation is, no matter how difficult, it, it continue find, just take that step, take that step, reach out, not necessarily lean, but reach out to even friends, uh, not your family necessarily, but people, <laughs> right? but with people that are in the same type of world. That's why networking is so valuable. It's yeah. free and you can connect with people. But I would say that that was so multifaceted too, because I mean, there's a lot to it, which not time element, but not important. The most important piece is what it was very challenging financially, physically, spiritually, but also I hired this guy that was, because I couldn't address it all and he did a horrible job. So I had to fire him at the end of it. And I had to get back into, had to, I wanted to, but get back into the room and, and rebuild, you know, a team. Cause that was one of the things he did so poorly. Mm -hmm. And so it, it had so many ramifications and, but in looking back, like you said, looking back, it was one of my finest hours because I never lost hope, hope and possibilities. I saw the possibilities through it. Mm -hmm. And and then just continued to rebuild. From 2013 to 20, we did over a million dollars every year. From oh no to, you know, and, and just building it. So it truly all of these tools and principles, because they're all principles, you know, because I'm a sponge, you know, so I've been studying from Jim Rohn to Tony Robbins to Zig Ziglar of course, Napoleon Hill for years, Ogmandino, you know, for years, you can't do it alone. There are things called masterminds that, you know, back in the day of Napoleon Hill, he had million billionaires, you know, right. but, uh, but today the average person can, and, you know, build a team around themselves, not a team, but a, a network around themselves. Right. So, but I would say that's probably there's the other is another piece with glycolic, but this encompassed so many things, you know, mm -hmm. other people, myself. Right. That's amazing. And thank you so much for sharing your story with us. It's been incredible to have you on again today and looking forward to love to have you on in a couple of months too. see how everything goes. And then you, you're going to be on unique leaders live. And that was one of the things that I started during the uh, lockdown uh, because I realized that uh, I asked this one friend who was starting a directory for alternative medicine mm -hmm. uh, practitioners. And I said, oh, why don't you come on and let's talk about it. And people loved it. I was like, oh, okay. And so, you know, because everyone has a story. I mean, it wasn't just about her doing this directory, technically in my spirit, a very curious person. Right. So I, I love knowing about people and what makes them tick and how it evolved. Yeah. So if that's how it started. And I can see that uh, this friend that I mentioned earlier, she said to me, wow, there's a buzz about this, Megan. But yeah, I'd love to have you on. Well, thank you very much. I look forward to the opportunity. Well, again, thank you and everybody. Thank you for listening. Well, thank you, Emmy. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Emmy will have the information and contact yeah. me.
And we'll yeah, get absolutely going. check the show notes for Megan's book for the course and to find out where you can connect with her too on her website and Facebook. Right. Thank you, dear. Thank you so much for being a listener of the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I am so grateful for each and every episode that you tune in and listen to. And I hope that you get a ton of value that you can implement starting today. And I do have just a quick favor. If you wouldn't mind hopping on to wherever it is that you listen to podcasts and leave us a rating and review, it would help us tremendously so that the Tribe of Leaders podcast can be found more easily and help inspire other entrepreneurial leaders. 